Explore, the official University of Exeter podcast. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Izzy and Lily from the Students Guild in Exeter. Um, can you both just briefly introduce yourself and your roles? Hi, um, I'm Lily Margarelli and I am the Students Guild President here at the University of Exeter. Hi, I'm Izzy. I'm Vice President Opportunities. Lovely. It's great to be here with you both today. So for any students who don't know, could you just kind of explain what your priorities are in your role and what your day to day looks like? So my role uh, mainly covers student groups and societies. So I work with um, fundraising groups, media groups, theatre groups, all different groups like that. And I also work on employability. Um, So basically just, yeah, student opportunities. The goals that I'm working on at the moment is to improve the resources that we have available for society committees, such as an accessibility resource or an event resource. Yeah, things like that. Um, and my role is similar to Izzy. So I have um, kind of key areas wh- which I sort of look after and represent on. So those areas for me are things like housing, um, our international student population, um, sustainability, and kind of are the broad relationship between the guild and the university i kind of look at our internal guild structure so how we actually work to represent students um so some of that stuff's not quite as visible to students but it's really important so looking at our democratic structures um, and how we work as an officer team um, how we interact with students all of that kind of stuff kind of comes under my role so it's not always as visible but um i think it's still very important (laughs) yeah definitely that's really interesting talking about things that students might not see and might not be aware of Um, I guess talking about democracy in the Guild, how do you gather student feedback and make sure you're responding to it in your roles? Um, So we gather feedback uh, a number of different ways. We've actually just um, really excitingly got a a new person into the Guild who's a campaigns and insights manager. So they are working with us really closely as officers to make sure that the way that we interact with students is really beneficial and kind of data-driven. So we chat a lot to students and we get a lot of contact from students but I think it's really important that we actually sort of consolidate all of that information that we're getting and then sort of use that to drive our campaigns but um, some of the ways that we, we we get information is just you know via emails and like our inboxes students re- which is really great they're really happy to chat to us and, and raise their concerns with us um, we go out and just talk to students in some of our drop-in events and also when we want something a bit more specific and focused we do sort of surveys and stuff through our social medias and the emails and stuff that we try and push out to students So as Lily mentioned, we have uh, Spill the Tea events, which are monthly kind of pop-up coffee and tea stands on Stratham and St Luke's campuses. We like to try and do one at each campus each month. And that's a really great great way to chat to students just as they're dropping by. And then we've also started a thing this year called Let's Talk, which is kind of like the town hall style events we ran in the past, uh, just called let's talk and they're all about student change making so it's student-led discussion about what students want to see so far we've had let's talk societies let's talk nights out let's talk pgr so there's a whole range um 
of different ones and that's a really great way to have feedback and we also kind of put some polls in they're they're run on zoom and we generally put some polls in during them to get a bit more data and then of course they're classic just insta polls question boxes on insta stories i find that's a good way because it's so much easier for students to just engage in that kind of quick way yeah it's really good to hear that you're so interested in hearing what students are doing and i guess you know representing students probably really key to you and why you applied but are there any other key reasons why you ran for your specific roles and what motivated you to do that? One of the things which um, really motivated me to run for this position was my work with uh, societies. I think that just gave me a bit more of an understanding of what the Guild um, did and what it had the potential to do, sort of like how it worked internally, how officers worked together and how officers like, interacted with students. Um, and then through that society work and through working with the guild, I was able also to sort of get my foot in the door with some um, university meetings and kind of speaking to some senior members of university staff who were really keen to listen to students and really keen to make changes in the direction that, that students wanted. So I think having that insight inspired me to kind of realise that actually I, this is something that I could do um, and if I ran for the role and was successful then I then I, something that not only I would be able to do and, and hopefully do very very well um, but also that I'd really enjoy because I really enjoyed my, my time on committees and my sort of small involvement with uh, decision making at the university and um, so I thought this kind of bigger bigger role um, would be something that I'd enjoyed and, and hopefully could do well. Uh, similar to Lily, really, society involvement is what got me interested. I studied drama, so I did a lot of theatre societies. I was on committee for drama society and uh, one of the other theatre societies as well. So that's how I first got interested. I was always signing up for, you know, too many shows. Well, some might say too many. I say just enough shows uh, and basically spent a lot of time doing that and loved it. So I was definitely a society nerd. And a lot of people in society sometimes... Uh, well, we've all had our fair share of struggles where, you know, things aren't going as we like or or things we feel could run more smoothly. But I felt that last year's officers um, made a real change and helped make that so much better. And Liv Harvey was the VP Activities, which is what my role used to be. And I think kind of seeing the changes she made and experiencing how much better that made things kind of uh, is what got me interested, seeing the change that students could make and... Um, I, so I was sort of interested in helping strip away the myth that the Guild is this big bureaucratic in, you know, institution and I wanted to kind of make it easier for students to get involved and find out about the opportunities that are out there because so many people just don't know about the things that are going on. So yeah, I guess being a society nerd uh, and seeing all the cool stuff that the last year's officers did is what got me interested but also I just thought it'd be fun as well yeah all valid reasons I think so kind of speaking of societies um I've heard that one of your new initiatives this year has been introducing society badges so just wondering if Izzy could talk a bit more about why you introduced that and what that is 
Yeah, well, this is something that has been kind of in the works for a while and last year's team worked on it as well and then kind of have collaborated with them in the transition period over. So society badges are a way to reward societies for their growth and development. So we have nine badges and this is going to test my memory to see if I can remember. But there's inclusivity, diversity, welfare, sustainability, accessibility, volunteering and fundraising, social democracy and development nine yay Um, so those are the nine badges and societies can apply for these there's kind of different criteria uh, so it could be um, completing welfare training three three members of your committee have to complete welfare training and then they send them in they get the badge and it's a way to you know have when new students come in pop it on your web page and say you know we're um inclusive society or we are a democratic society so that's kind of the thing behind it and it's gone down really well so far we've awarded a lot of badges I don't know the exact number but I I think it's around about 40 now um which I'm really pleased with and then hopefully as the new committees are coming in and having more chance to work on events they'll be able to get more criteria in and we'll start seeing another sort of flurry of badges hopefully yeah, it's really helpful. Good memory. Thank you. It's nice to see um, students being rewarded for their hard work there. Just going back to elections for a minute, I know that Students Guild elections will come round quickly again. Do you have any advice for students thinking of running and what they need to think about to run a successful campaign? Um, yeah, my advice would be go for it. If you're thinking of it, go for it. What's the worst that could happen? You don't you don't win. Like that that and it's such a that's such a small thing. At the time I completely understand that that feels like the whole world um, is revolving around you like winning or not winning that election but really but just going for it you learn so much just in the process of running a campaign you meet lots of other people who are running campaigns as well even if they're running against you like you do have there's a camaraderie between all the candidates um, and you get the opportunity to kind of put together a team and like a manifesto there's not many opportunities in your life where you're going to be able to do that um, and kind of share your vision with with a big group of people like we have at the university so it's really just an absolutely fantastic opportunity to really uh, develop your own skills confidence all those sorts of things so yeah my first bit of advice is just just go for it um caution to the wind and just just do it and then my advice for kind of running a successful campaign or or sort of enjoying it as much as you can would be to just think about getting some really good people around you in that campaigning period they don't need to be people necessarily that know everything about the campaign process or fully understand what you're doing or or why you're going for the role but people that really have your best interest at heart because it is quite a daunting process and there are bits of it which are quite um challenging just because you are putting yourself out there and you are putting your values and priorities out there and that can be quite a sort of uh, scary thing to do and then remember that alongside that you are also doing your degree so having a few people around you that really have have your back um, I think is really important and will just allow you to be to be your best self in that campaign process and then beyond that just being true to yourself don't put things on your well, in my opinion, don't put things on your manifesto or say things just because you think other people will agree with that. Do what feels right for you. And then if you are successful or unsuccessful, you know that you've been successful or unsuccessful by being completely true to yourself, not by trying to sort of pander to whatever the 
the interests are that, that you think students have definitely just do it and have fun I think it is such a good opportunity and isn't it shouldn't be an unhappy process it should be a fun process and I feel like for me yeah that was really helped by having a nice team of people around me I got my friends involved we made a fun logo (laughs) I actually think that helped just like make it seem more cheerful for me like we had a flower logo um and a little slogan which definitely made the whole thing more fun and then um what I would say my advice is so our year was obviously an online election which is quite different from before in the past it's been kind of campaign week I think what a lot of us found was it ended up being campaign month because it was all online so I'd say think uh carefully or or tactfully about when you announce your candidacy some candidates and some of us in office announced it really early and that worked for them uh Lily and I both announced that we were running quite late and it there are pros and cons to both and it's totally what works for you but um I thought when I first announced it I was like oh it's gonna be really easy to burn myself out um so um yeah don't burn yourself out don't feel that you have to get all your manifesto points out when it opens um the voting's at the same time for everyone and yeah does that make sense is that advice yeah (laughs) Yeah, very good advice, I think. Particularly, as you say, you ran during a lockdown, which must have been really challenging. Can you both speak a bit more about that? What was that experience like? Well, to be honest, at times it was a bit lonely. And although I had an amazing campaign team who were brilliant, if we were in person, we'd have been out on the hill, we'd have been flyering and we'd have been, you know, kind of in it together, which we were. But there were times where, you know, I'd... For firstly, I'd be juggling like rehearsals and classes and stuff. So that was kind of stressful. Then you'd go home and be like tapping away. But there were times where you were just like on your own in your bedroom feeling like, are my friends going to like it? Um, You know, oh, please tell me they're going to comment, that sort of thing. And you do have to just have trust that your friends are going to help you out. But it can feel a little isolating. Um, But it's totally worth it. I don't know what you felt, Lily. Yeah, I think... Um, in some ways, I think I did better in, in the sort of online forum than I, than I would have done in person. Just I, I, I would have found sort of standing on the hill and that kind of thing quite daunting. And I, I'm sure that my friends would have sort of rallied me along and, and, and it would have been OK. Uh, but in a way, there was some sort of relief for me. Being, OK, I can do this online. And I think there were definitely sort of benefits for different people getting involved by it being online and you know we're we're looking at that going forward to make sure that we can retain some of those sort of inclusivity benefits of things being online um but that being said you know it it's quite easy not just through campaigning but through all of us being in lockdown to kind of lose lose touch with reality ever so slightly uh because we all live in our own echo chambers and bubbles in real life and in online life but when you are just online that bubble is so much smaller and it's so much more difficult to actually kind of realize where you are in the world and yes the campaigning period and the election process for the student skilled representative of Exeter is extremely important I'm not about to say it's not but in the grand scheme of the world you know it's it's all it's, it's a bit of our lives we have to keep that relativity when you're sat in your room in Exeter and everyone around you is also talking about the election or it feels like they are it's very easy to think that the whole world really cares about that but yeah taking that step back I think is is very important 
And do you know what? I've thought of another good thing about being online is that it's not just who's got the biggest campaign team. It's actually on like your manifesto. Um, yeah, it's not just like who can shout the loudest, which is a good thing. Yeah, that's a good point. It's interesting that in some ways it levels the playing field. Moving back to kind of your terms in office now, have you had any kind of highlights from term one? What have you been working on? I think um, my highlight has been the Spill the Tea events. Um, I just think they've been a really fantastic way to make what we do more visible and chat to students. And they still are like a, a work in progress. We're still kind of figuring out exactly the format of them to interact as much as possible with students. But I think, again, kind of coming back to sort of that bit around it's easy to get very focused on one specific thing. And if you're getting a lot of contact from people in the university or students or whatever about one very specific issue or you've got in your head about something, it's easy to lose touch with the bigger picture. But what's what I find so good about those events is they are opportunities for us to properly interact with students and get a really diverse range of voices on lots of different things that are going on I mean people often just come for a chat and kind of talk about what they're what they're doing at the, like at uni you know what they're studying how they're finding all of that how they're finding society stuff like what events they're going to what they're enjoying it's just a really nice way for us to connect with students and I've also um, not only found that useful in sort of leading into the work that I've been doing and making sure that it is focused on what students actually want but just kind of gives you that energy back that there are students out there because sometimes it is quite easy to to lose touch when you are like sat in meetings and kind of working on stuff um by yourself touching base with students is is very energizing um for me because ultimately that's why we ran for these positions (laughs) I thought you were going to say COP26 which you went to but I mean spill the tea is a highlight too um and I'm sure COP was for me, it was the Big Society Hello, which is an event I ran at Reed Hall with all the society presidents were invited, as well as a plus one from their committee. We had some members of the university staff there. We had introductions from the activities team, as well as the other officers. Everyone dressed up a little bit and it was just a really nice, again, yeah, just a chance to speak to students. It really is just chatting to people that is the most fun. Okay, COP26 was definitely a highlight as well. <laughs> It's all right. I'm glad Izzy mentioned it because I was just about to ask you about it. I guess it might be useful just to really quickly explain what COP26 is because I was, you know, a friend, a couple of friends have asked sort of similar questions. Um, So COP stands for Conference of the Parties and the parties are members of the United Nations. So that's, you know, most countries uh, in the world, not all countries, are members of the UN. And the 26th is, so it's the 26th conference of the parties so um cop 21 was actually the paris climate change conference and that's when there was that the sort of 1.5 uh, degrees like paris agreement um so basically the event runs for two weeks and it's a chance for all world leaders and their their groups the people that work for them the sort of scientists and policy makers to meet and try and come up with some agreements uh, for all the countries to sort of sign on to or groups of the countries to sign on to to try and limit the uh, effects of climate change. So that's a a very sort of brief version of of what COP is but there's lots of more information out there if if you want to kind of know more about the the ins and outs and the history of, of the event. 
So my role at COP was to represent the students and get involved with some of the University of Exeter events that were going on up there because we had uh, quite a few academics that were up there do some networking with other student leaders and young activists and activists of all ages, to be honest, um, and and sort of learn from them. And also learning about what we can do at a community level here in Exeter. So some of the kind of uh, events that I went to were about uh, climate action and sustainable sustainability awareness and knowledge within sort of classroom and within education settings so how can we embed that into our our learning systems other things were about our food systems and how that impacts the climate and what we can do to improve that uh, investment so a whole a whole range of events and I've come back feeling um, a lot more knowledgeable and very energized. I have things which I want to kind of lobby the university on or sort of work with the university on and those fall into a sort of short term, medium term and long term goals. So the short term goals, and this is both for the Guild and the university, is to become visibly more sustainable uh, and really make sure that the, the leading work that our researchers are doing on sustainability and climate action is mirrored by our actual campus and our student body. So, so one of the things that, that we're doing at the Guild, which, which Izzy's mentioned and is working on, is some sustainability training for our societies and making sure that our societies are doing as much as they can around sustainability and kind of considering the climate impacts of all their activities you know things like stash like traveling for some events you know when we're never going to say you can't do any of that anymore but there are some small considerations which can be made and small changes which which can have a big impact and that's really important um you know these these smaller things might not change the world but it's really important that we do what we can and then other things on a university-wide level are looking at our recycling facilities looking at the single-use plastics and products that we have from our food and shop outlets and also looking at sort of the, the carbon um carbon impact of our different food um, items that we sell and kind of maybe uh, slightly nudging people towards better options for the environment then the medium term uh, work is around embedding climate knowledge into our education so having all mod- all courses having at least an optional module around sustainability but then in the long run hopefully having that as a like compulsory thing and obviously making sure that it's very relevant to the subject area I also have an idea which I haven't told Lily yet so you've heard it here first but I think we should run um, a let's talk sustainable societies or something like that uh, or like let's talk sustainability so um, who knows but you you heard it here first. (laughs) I'm very much liking that idea Izzy. (laughs) Love to get an exclusive on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah that's great to hear especially it's a good point you know we have so much resource at the university particularly with our researchers it's great to see how that can kind of be embedded. Is there anything about your role that you think might surprise students? I, as a student, I don't think I had that much appreciation for what officers did. I kind of knew the outcomes of what they did, but I didn't really know how they got to that point. And I think maybe what would surprise students is how many meetings we are in. It's, I, I just, to me, I mean, I'll just, I'll pull up my calendar now and see. 
just give you a snapshot snapshot of what this sort of this week and next week looks like so um so next week I have I think if I kind of look at this so I'm taking a bit of time off on Tuesday afternoon I'm going to a concert in Bristol so that's really exciting um, but apart from that I have 45 no wait two hours and 45 minutes in the whole week outside of meetings so that's quite a lot of meetings so I didn't think I ever would have appreciated that as a student quite how much um time we do spend like speaking to the university um and whilst on the one hand like that that is quite a lot and next week is a particularly heavy week because of a few sort of all uh very long discussions which which I have um so on the one hand that that is sometimes not the easiest thing because meetings are tiring and it kind of can mean that we can't do a lot outside of meetings because you go to a meeting you have actions and when are you meant to do them if you're back to back but on the other hand it's really positive because it means that we are in a lot of rooms where decisions are being made and we're able to influence those decisions so you know the university and the senior teams at the university really value um what we have to say and by being in those meetings we're able to influence at that top level and give the student voice at that top level um so so yeah it's that 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 I think is the most maybe thing that I found the most surprising about coming into this role I knew it was going to be busy but it's quite quite busy well, my role used to be called VP Activities and I think it's maybe slightly less so this year, but I know this year and a lot in the past students think that my role is the person who approves their society risk assessments uh, and does all the activity system stuff. Um, so I get asked quite a lot of technical questions about things and I'm forever directing people to the activities team. As much as I am, you know, starting to learn some of the technical answers, uh, we have a wonderful activities team who are far more knowledgeable than me. So yeah, I think uh, people would be shocked, again, by the number of meetings. I was looking, I've got quite a light, light week this week, only 26 meetings because I'm off on Friday. Um, so, you know, not as bad as Lily. <laughs> but um, yeah, meetings and the student representation, I guess the less... I think the less fun bits, the le- not that it's not fun, the less glamorous, exciting bits would just surprise people like, yeah meetings um nitty-gritty covid work i sit on one of the covid groups just things like that um that's not so front facing um but i still really enjoy it all it's just i think a different role from what a lot of people might expect i just actually thought of another thing which i think is um surprised me coming into the role and i probably should have known this but the kind of level of um responsibility that we have obviously was completely aware that it was a really serious role to be going into um but for example i i technically sort of like line manage the uh, like the ceo of the guild so i have uh, weekly one-to-one meetings with um alison chambers who's our our ceo and she's absolutely fantastic um but i, I didn't really quite realize what that relationship would look like before coming into the role and really we work very collaboratively together but i didn't realize I would be quite at that sort of senior level coming in after having just graduated um, and, you know, I've had a few jobs here and there before, but nothing quite at this level. So I think that that kind of surprised me. So I'm going to guess that that might um, be a surprise to, to other students as well. 
Yeah, and do you know what? Finding out that we were trustees of a £10 million charity. Wait, did I make that number up? It's a big number and we're trustees of it. That was a shock. And the being in meetings with people at the uni who are real-life adults with, you know, big, big jobs. <laughs> um, that was, Yeah, I agree. The senior level of it is a shock. Good to hear that you have that influence, but I can understand that it might be a bit strange coming from a student straight to that kind of really senior role. Talking about, you know, the kind of meetings that you have and how busy you can be, um, are there any things that you kind of do to help balance, prevent burnout? Yeah, so at the moment, we are actually um, looking at our representation structure within the university's meeting and governance structure. So in the university, there are lots of different groups that work on different things, whether that's... um, mental health or gender safety or academic and like learning policies but those those groups have a top level meeting um but then also they have lots of smaller subgroups which meet about very specific issues so they might on the academic side of things they might meet about a specific assessment type or they might meet about a college or the tutoring system or something like that so there's you know a top level group and then lots of subgroups um And at the moment, we as officers sort of sit in lots of different levels of those meetings and we're not always in the best place. So at the moment, we're working with the university to kind of look at all of those structures and really look at where we sit in the meetings to make sure that we have a a bit more time to work on our own projects and work outside of meetings, but also so that we are in the right meetings for making like the biggest influence on uh, on the decision making process Uh, so that will hopefully free up some time and you know if we were to speak like at the end of next term we might say oh yeah I only have like four meetings next week but I know that in those meetings I can have a massive influence over what's what's happening um making sure I take time in my day to do things outside of work so I mentioned before that I was a drama student so at the moment I'm directing a show with some other graduates and some students so because our work can be quite flexible I finish an hour early on a Monday and make up hour elsewhere and that means I can go off to do rehearsals and things like that which might sound like more work but it's you know um what I'm passionate about and enjoy so just making sure that we've got other projects and time to see our friends and things like that um which because the job is flexible is um easy to do so yeah on the kind of flip side uh making sure you have that kind of time outside of work um helps it well that's good to hear it's nice that you kind of have time for your other priorities and other passions as one of my final questions i was just going to ask if you have a favorite memory of exeter either in your time studying or in your current roles one of the best times like recently something which I thought was really great I went to Sandy Park to watch New Zealand and England women play rugby and actually one of um an extra uh, there was at least one so one extra alumni was playing for um England and I in my first year played rugby with her not on the same team or same level (laughs) by absolutely no means but we for some period of time and um that was that was really cool to go and watch and England women I don't want to say thrashed but we beat New Zealand by you know a, a considerable way and uh, seeing uh, extra alumni on the pitch uh, was was really cool because I was such a you know so involved in societies one memory that I can think of where I just was like 
loving life was in first year uh I was working on a show called Lord of the Flies and I was on the fundraising team and we were planning this big event called Hunted kind of based on the tv show so uh the cast was sponsored to hide around Exeter in pairs and we were like setting challenges for them to complete and we had a team of hunters in the forum uh tracking online and then a team of taggers around around Exeter City and it was such like a a big project to organise um, but I remember just on the day being like I can't believe we've pulled this off but I, I guess because I was a little fresher the rest of the fundraising team just kind of let me go off and enjoy the activity rather than doing the organising on the actual day but um, yeah for some reason that just stands out as like a day I absolutely loved um, I guess because I was so surprised that we pulled it off. That sounds really cool I just thought of another one which is just I, just an, a nice um kind of positive from from the sort of the lockdown period I guess um I had I did a model in my final year called women in the criminal justice system it's with um Sarah Cooper if you do politics that favorite module of my whole time at university couldn't recommend it enough Um, and I promise Sarah hasn't told me to say that um but we in in one of the first so one of the first things that we had to do for that um module was we were put into groups completely random and then like a few weeks down the line, we had to present about a certain issue. And um, I was put in a group with, with three other girls. Um, and then sometimes in, in our lectures and stuff, we would have discussions, like breakout rooms, and we'd, we'd generally be put in those groups. And um, we just became really good friends, like online, and we'd all really look forward to these lectures. And they were on like a Thursday, half four to half six. So it was a bit of a slog, especially in like the winter months where it was a bit darker. But um we just became really good friends and then after like lockdown finished and stuff we actually met up in real life and we still keep chatting now and we like meet up and stuff but I just think that was such a a nice thing to come out of something pretty rubbish which was having to do that online um and then actually you know making friends with your little seminar group and then going and actually meeting up in real life was was really nice and I think we'll be friends um friends for the rest of our lives now so yeah that was a positive for me Oh, that's really nice to hear. Thank you. Um, It's been great to chat to you both today. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having us. It's been really fun and really nice to chat to you. Yes, thank you so much. And thank you, Izzy, for giving me some exclusives about our sustainability project. (laughs) We've got to make it happen now. I think we should. I think it'd be fun. To find out more about the Students Guild in Exeter, you can check out their website and social media channels. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for our next episode.